Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, folks. Today is March 3rd, which means I'm on day 80 of 365 straight days of unedited, unscripted, improv, news, sports, movies, music, entertainment, and all things except politics. I gotta address immediately that Portland Trailblazers team that handled business against Orlando in Orlando with some ex-Orlando players. Yes, Hassan Whiteside used to play for them, and I'm pretty sure so did Mario Herzonia. Hezonia, there it is, Hezonia. Uh, they came collect, I'm not going to lie, but nobody played as well in the entire game as C.J. McCollum. We all knew he had it in him. He scored 41 points last night. Way to go, dude. I'm impressed. I'm going to tell you right now, folks, I had little faith that he could handle anybody without the help of Damian Lillard. It's like Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Pippen, once in a blue moon... Did something great without Michael Jordan. It was very rare, and this was the same thing for C.J. McCollum. It looked like the Blazers were supposed to have Damian Lillard back, and once again he sat, and once again I didn't think he traveled with the team, and McCollum decided to take the reins and handle business. They won 130-107. to 48 structures destroyed. 19 people dead, 400 emergency calls to medical services. That is what the aftermath of the tornado that occurred yesterday in and around, well, not in Nashville, but around Nashville, Tennessee, Putnam County, it destroyed everything. Just whipped through that whole area, tearing up the roads, leaving debris all across every inch of the whole area. I mean, it is just sad. That a natural disaster can strike at any given time, just taking people's lives and flipping them upside down, if not just taking their lives entirely. I feel horrible for these folks. We need to take a moment to respect that they live in an area where the chances of this happening are much greater than where I live here in San Diego. Sure, there's a possibility of some kind of rogue wave that could come off of the beach, tsunami, if you will. Never happened. But out there in Tornado Alley, these people fight for their lives. It seems like every year they have to go into bunkers underneath their houses and they just have to worry that at any time the weather could go south or crazy and just start ripping everything up that they own and destroying their properties and possibly killing people. I feel horrible. Rest in peace to the 19 that died and let's hope that we can get better at preparing for these things and gain more knowledge so that somehow we can predict when a tornado will strike and avoid any fatalities whatsoever. In some hilarious news, folks, a vegan runner from Berkeley, California, went online into a neighborhood chat space to complain to her neighborhood about them cooking meat in their houses with their windows open because she's a runner and it's offensive to her to breathe and smell the the odors of meat being cooked while she runs. And she asks that they respect her space while she runs down the street and choose not to even barbecue meat on their grills outside, but to only barbecue vegetables. Oh my God, what a piece of trash. I would wait till that person ran by my house and throw 
raw ground beef at them as they ran by. This is despicable. You expect people to change everything about their world to accommodate your bitch-ass vegan lifestyle. How pathetic. Not only do you complain that it's, it's tough this time of year because a lot of people are cooking meat, but you ask them not to put meat on their barbecue grills outside and instead only cook vegetables? A barbecue is made to barbecue meat. Vegetables are an addition, an extra, a bonus, an afterthought. You think people are going to respect that? You're a fool. Instead, of course, thankfully, she received a ton of backlash from the world of carnivores, which includes me. And if somebody said that to me, there is no end to the amount of crap I would talk to them immediately. That is the most pathetic request I've ever heard from a vegan. Oh, running by your house is kind of... It's overpowering the smell of meat. People can cook whatever the hell they want in their houses. And they can cook it with their windows open. They can cook it in their backyard. They can cook it in their front yard. What a fool you are to think that your vegan ass is going to change everybody else's lives because you don't want to smell meat when you run. How about this? Get a treadmill and go in your garage and run in your own house. Because your sweaty ass probably smells like beets and freaking lettuce and all kinds of weird stuff that's secreting out of your skin. Your precious vegan skin that I'm sure gets ruined by the smoke from our delicious meat that's being cooked up. This is such a joke and it's real, which is sad. But I'm glad the carnivore world ripped her to shreds because, man, these people are getting just too expecting of things, you know, they just expect everyone to just accommodate them in every possible way, because they're vegan, well, not all of us like smashing veggies all day, in a world where there's delicious filet mignon, and candied bacon, and slow-smoked baby back ribs, which I ate last night, and all these delicious meats that I just can't resist, there's absolutely no chance if somebody requested that for me, that they would not receive an extreme amount of backlash. 22-year-old man who works as a bagger at a grocery store in Canada went to his own work and decided, eh, I'll try my luck at the lottery. You know, why not? I'm a bagger. You know, I don't have a lot going on. So why not? Let's just give it a shot. And sure enough, he won a $70 million jackpot. Yes, he had to go back into his work and confirm that this was true because he couldn't believe it. The kid's 22 years old and he has 70 mil. That is incredible. You already know he's going to blow it on video games, porn, you know, probably some weed. It's Canada, let's face facts. Shitty whiskey, case of Black Velvet or Crown Royal perhaps some Canadian club. You know, maple syrup, of course. He's got to buy some maple syrup. This guy is going to have more money at the age of 22 than I will ever see around me my whole life. If it includes every family member I have and every friend, I will never, ever witness the amount of money that this 22-year-old who bags groceries just won. 
Sometimes I don't even believe that the lottery is real. You know, it's hard to it's hard to believe. I mean, it is real. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those conspiracy theorists. We did land on the moon. You know, JFK was shot. All these things that are that are conspiracy theories, they're real, real things. But I just don't know how these people miraculously buy one ticket and win a jackpot. It's crazy. You know, I mean, I've only bought maybe 20 lottery tickets in my lifetime. Yes. And I don't expect off of 20 to win, but I expect to win like a buck or two or to come close or something or even have one number that matches up. But it never happens. Never. So it just seems impossible that somebody matches up all the numbers and little Powerball one, two, you know, without even trying sometimes after like they're, I mean, the guy's 22. How many lottery tickets has he bought in his lifetime? I don't know if he's crazy and he just buys them with all his paycheck. Perhaps so. But even still, you know, he ain't even been old enough to buy lottery tickets for that long. So this guy just has phenomenal luck. Just really good luck. Still thinking about going on a cruise somewhere? Well, you might want to question that choice. Because the folks of the Sun Princess cruise that planned on stopping in Madagascar got turned away... And instead of that, they went to the French island of Réunion, where they met protesters demanding that each person individually got a health check before they were allowed off the ship. Yes, throwing rocks, starting fires, and demanding health checks by the passengers. This just seems like there's no point anymore to take a cruise until this whole coronavirus thing blows over. In fact, it just seems like people hate other people that are on cruise ships now. Like, they just immediately, they don't like them. Oh, you went on a cruise? Stay away from me. You might have the coronavirus. I mean, it's not just cruises, people. What about people in planes? You're not protesting them landing in your airstrip. You know, what about small boats with only a couple people? Well, wouldn't that be even easier to health check, you know, than... You know, hundreds of passengers on a gigantic cruise line? Well, how are you going to do that? You know, 30 protesters are going to make that happen? I don't think so. This just makes me really happy that I didn't line up a cruise ship vacation in the last couple years because I feel like with my luck, I'm pretty much guaranteed to end up in a place where they want to protest my arrival or it's going to be covered in coronavirus when I arrive. Or everyone on the ship's going to get it. Especially me, because of a weak immune system. This just has to end. Can somebody create a vaccine? Or a cure for this thing? I mean, how many scientists are there in the world? We can't combat this simple flu-type virus. I mean, we virtually eradicated the flu at one point with vaccines. So what's up with this coronavirus cure? Nobody can do it? You know what? Pour alcohol on it? I don't know. Smoke so much weed that nothing can survive except your own human cells? There's got to be some trickery or something that can be involved that people haven't thought of yet. You know, some weird, random cure that just makes no sense, but it does work. You know, like eating a, a whole bowl of peanut butter or something. I don't know. We got to figure it out. Because I do plan on eventually going 
on a cruise ship somewhere. But not with all this crap happening where I, you know, I'm like super excited. Oh, I can't wait to get to Madagascar. Nope, they won't let us off the ship. So now I'm stuck back on this thing that I've been floating around the ocean for 14 days. You know, that's, that's not fun. That's not why I would want to go. I would want to go so I can disembark onto these beautiful places in one giant trip where each, you know, few days I get to go to a new place that's cool. That's what I want to do. This coronavirus thing is just getting old quick. couple of reasons why Tuesdays suck. You know, it's just kind of the beginning, middle beginning of the week. You know, a lot of us, we work every day or we just watch kids all the time and really no break anyways to the week, no matter what. Well, for me, Tuesday sucks because this complete jackass who does the yards of my neighbors begins his work at 630 sometimes 7 a.m. if I'm lucky, and leaf blows all their crap onto my yard just in spite of me because of a single time that I approached him and asked him if he could possibly start his yard work a little bit later. Now, I don't work at a bar anymore, but when I did, I would get off at like, I'd say, 11.30, sometimes 12. Get home by 12.30, Eat the dinner that I brought with me or bought on the way. You know, I'm not going to make dinner at 12.30 at night. So I brought something. And then by the time I went to sleep, it would be 1.30, sometimes 2 a.m. Because I'm a night showerer. I can't go to bed unless I've showered at night. Especially after working at a bar where there's people around me. Liquor and juices and things splashing around, getting all over me. I could not sleep ever after working at the bar until I showered. So, you know, I'd get to bed about 2 a.m., and my kids, if I was extra, extra lucky, would sleep until 8, sometimes 8.30, if God was watching and felt bad for me. And instead, every single Tuesday, this guy would be leaf-blowing at 6.30 a.m., crashing all the, you know, blowing all the leaves and all the dust and crap directly next to my freaking bedroom window, being so loud that he knew he would wake up my kids every time. And as many of you know, if you are parents, then there's no chance that you're remaining asleep if your one and two-year-old little kids and toddlers and babies are already awake. You know, they come in, they jump on you, they want breakfast... They need their diapers changed, you know, all these things. So I'm getting like four hours of sleep on a Tuesday because of this guy. So I approached him one time and said, hey, man, you got to respect the fact that I work at a bar at night and you come here at the butt crack of dawn and start cranking up your freaking gas hog leaf blower that sounds just like a helicopter landing and blast it directly next to my window the entire morning just to be a bitch. And what does he do? He has the nerve to tell me to get a real job. I'm like, hey, buddy, the job you work is like a little high school boy's job. You know, clipping weeds and, and cutting grass and collecting leaves off of people's lawns. 
That's what a high school boy does. You know, if you're really a landscaper, then you run a business where you hire some young kids to do it, and then you collect. And those young kids aren't going to be up at 6.30 a.m. because they like to sleep in because they're adolescent boys. Well, this guy's like a 50-year-old Asian dude who'd sit there and freaking scream at me if I asked him even nicely to possibly start a little bit later. And he was outside of my window this morning being the total bitch that he is. And I know for a fact that he just wanted to wake me up. And, you know, I'm a little under the weather, so I needed an extra hour of sleep if I could get it. But instead, I watched him blast all this crap that he had he had freaking leaf blown underneath my other neighbor's van. Like, oh, it's going to magically disappear now because it's under somebody's van. You don't have to scrape it up or, or clean any of the stuff off the street. Just blast it out of the yard from the person that's paying you and underneath a vehicle of somebody who's not. What a piece of work that guy is. To you, sir... I hope you go to hell. Folks, it's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast that I'm absolutely, positively certain that you don't give a crap about, but I'm going to do it anyways, whether you like it or not. And that is Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hanks and Barbecues, and that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today, folks, I'm going to tell you about a time I met a guy named Movis. Yes, remember that name, Movis. I'll never forget it. He was from Barbados. And this guy is as weird as you can get. So a buddy of mine was living in a small apartment complex. Well, I can't even say small because it had a lot of apartments, but each apartment in it was small. And his neighbor's house, you know, it was just, or his neighbor's apartment, it was like a paper-thin wall. So we knew what was going on no matter what. And we had to meet this guy. We're like, all right, this guy seems like a partier. You know, let's go meet him. And his name was Movis. And he claimed he was the descendant of a king and a queen from the island of Barbados. And his family was so rich, just filthy rich. But he decided upon his own, you know, his own accord to leave the islands and pursue a career at a video game testing agency where we lived. And, you know, in my neighborhood, I basically knew... 50% of the people I knew, I should say, worked for this video game testing agency. I mean, who wouldn't, right? You know, if my friend lost his job at a supermarket or a gas station or wherever our early jobs were when we were young, they would, you know, try their hand at this video game testing place. Because who wouldn't want to do that? You know, you just sit there and play video games and you get paid. So this guy, Movis, worked at the video game testing place, with my buddy's girlfriend, who lived with him next door to Movis in this apartment complex. So we had all these things in common, and we decided, well, we should probably kick it with this guy, see what he's all about. Now, believe it or not, this guy, uh, even being an islander, and, you know, typically speaking in Oregon, if you're an islander, you're somewhat of an outcast just because it is the great white area of America. The Pacific Northwest, there's so many whiteies. It's like the least cultured place you've ever seen, you know? Whitey's everywhere. It's hilarious. And what's even funnier about that is all the whiteys up there think everyone is racist. You know, they're always trying to stand up for a minority even though there's not any around there. So, you know, it's just a bunch of anti-fascist, 
you know, crazy radical people, which is, you know, that's fine. I lived up there. I was a part of them. I loved it up there. It's beautiful. I, I got no negative things to say about Oregon ever, except that it rains too much. That's always been the problem. It rains a lot, but sometimes it doesn't, and it's a beautiful day. So we would hang out with this guy, Movis, and he would cook us some Caribbean-style food or, you know, Islander Islander grub, and he he really knew what it was all about. You know, he knew how to cook, like, 18 different types of fish with all kinds of sauces and flavors and things, and he liked to party. You know, he did some blow. He did, you know, he drank. He smoked weed. He was a partier, and that worked out for my friend who lived next to him because he was a big-time partier, too. So we would just go over to his house and have a blast. You know, there's no end to our friendship with this guy, Movis. He was funny. He thought we were funny. We all loved each other until I spit in his sink. Yes. You know, I, like I said in one of my podcasts previously, I'm a guy who spits. You know, when I get some lung butter or a lung oyster, I cough it up. Or especially if I'm sick or something and, I, and I'm choking up green stuff. I spit that out. I don't swallow it because it's disgusting. You know, mucus and all that stuff, it grosses me out. I want to expel it from my body. And usually, you know, it'll be a trash can or outside on the street into a bush or something that won't, ex you know, it won't mess anybody's life up if I do it. But in this case, I had nothing around me and I had just taken a huge bong hit. And, you know, I started to salivate too much. There was too much in my mouth. I couldn't do it. So I went to his his sink and I spit into his sink. You know, he had just been pouring ash from his ashtrays into his sink. He smoked cigarettes in his apartment. He ashed those into his sink and put cigarette butts out in there. You know, he dumped rotten old food, fresh food that he wasn't using anymore, all kinds of stuff into his sink. So I figured it's not a big deal. If a man spits one time into the guy's sink, well, I was wrong. He flipped out. This guy, he wanted to kill me because I spat, spat, right? Yes, in his sink. He wanted to kill me. He came at me, freaking out, screaming at me, talking about, you just tainted my entire kitchen. How dare you do this? The ultimate sign of disrespect. I don't know if in Barbados, it's like a thing where you don't spit in other people's sinks. You know, I don't know the traditions of that culture. I don't know a whole lot about Barbados. You know, I only know what I've learned from him. And most of it seemed like bullshit because he kept talking about he was the descendant of a great king and he was so rich. If you're so rich, why do you live in a shithole apartment next to my drug-addicted buddy and work at a video game testing agency? I don't know. But this guy, he began to threaten me. He's like, I should beat the shit out of you for what you just did. And I'm like, man, calm down. I turned on the sink. I washed it down. I wasn't just going to leave it in there. I turned the water on it. I feel like it went directly into the water, you know, and just went down so fast. There was no remnants of the spit in the sink whatsoever. And yet he wanted me dead for this. It was crazy. In fact, he decided we could no longer hang out at his apartment ever again, all because I spit in the guy's sink. Yeah, that is... A pretty wild story, I'm not going to lie, because generally speaking, the real stories I tell, you know, they have some deep meaning or lesson to be learned, but this, this is just a guy going nuts, because I spit in his sink. 
I mean, what traditions do they have in Barbados when you're a king's, you know, you're a prince, I guess. He must have been the prince of Barbados. And for him, that was the ultimate sign of disrespect. How dare I? I don't know. But it really didn't matter to us that we couldn't hang out with him anymore. You know, we didn't give a crap. And in fact, we ended up chilling with him after that later on when he needed weed and couldn't get any. So, of course, he came by head down talking about, oh, man... You know, I'm kind of sorry I freaked out on you that one time. Uh, can y'all get me some weed? And I'm like, look at this fool. Begging for our forgiveness after he freaking... He was holding a knife towards me. He was waving around a knife that he was going to kill me with because of the spitting. Lesson to be learned here, folks. Never, ever spit in a person's sink who's from Barbados. I mean, you probably won't spit in somebody's sink anyways. For the most part, people don't do that. They just don't. But when you're drinking, smoking, and straight west coasting, sometimes you got something in your mouth you gotta expel. And that was the case. But don't do it if the person's from Barbados, because it seems likely that they will try and kill you with a butcher's knife. Thank you very much for tuning into the Peter Gabbett Podcast. Folks, it means the world to me. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything check out my you know my videos and subscribe to me on youtube i got a ton of funny stuff on there just some crazy stuff goes all the way back to like 12 years ago when youtube first began to be popular thank you for tuning in i love you and i will talk to you tomorrow now folks i wanted to find some type of islander style music to play for you after that story about movis from barbados the only thing i could find is some reggae so judge me if you will, but here is Stay Awake by Iration in honor of this story I just told about an islander who wanted to kill me for spitting in a sink. Sorry that I hurt you with those things I had to say Never meant to bring you heartache and sorrow Sorry that the sunshine never came today Weather man forecasts blue skies tomorrow So let's stay awake And watch the sunrise Let's take it slow Cause baby time flies Whoa, whoa, whoa No, I might not be Exactly what you had in mind But I got you believing